Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Swing from the Hips. We're up to episode number 16. And today we'll be looking at the Test Match Series between England and Pakistan, as well as the Irish Heroics and the third ODI against the English. And to help me go through all that tonight is our regular Rohit. And joining us tonight once again is Tosif Sati, better known as Taz. Welcome, guys, and how are we doing? All good, thank you. All it's good. good. It's good. Right, yeah. you're all good today. You sort of got all your work out the way. Uh, getting on top of the load. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's yeah. good. Turning a corner, so it's good. All righty, mate. Well, we'll get you. We'll let you loose and let you go into this week in history and uh, tell us what's been happening in this week in history. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so looking at some birthdays here to start off with, we've got a couple of Kiwis there on um, that had birthdays, both celebrating on the same day being today, 6th of August. Firstly, Jesse Ryder, uh, born in 1984, the old enigma there. And um, I think the other one who's got a little chip on his shoulder, born in 1969, I think he missed out on his 100th test wicket, Mr. Simon Dool. Um, due to his injuries, wasn't it? I think he missed out, not being able oh, to did click he? that 100th. No. Yeah, something like that. And... Um, now, with the theme of tonight, with the Pakistani theme, we've got um, 2nd of August, 1976, uh, birth of Muhammad Zahid. Now, he became the first and only, so far, player for Pakistan to take 10 wickets on test debut when he took 11 against New Zealand. I was one of the ball pickers. That game. Oh, so. really? <laughs> <laughs> it was at Ronald Pindy, so interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Now, the interesting thing for this bloke, four tests later, he was out due to a back injury that he picked yeah. up in the second um, second series against Sri Lanka, and he never played again. So, unfortunate for him, and, and you know, for all his cricket viewers not being able to see his career. Hey, Taz, you didn't no. throw the ball back and hit him in the back or anything, did you? <laughs> 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 Man, if, if, uh, yeah, that guy was like really skinny, and yeah. uh, he was just 
he ran in really hard day, eh? so no wonder he got injured so early. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's hard. that's a shame, isn't it? Um, now, first of August, nineteen twenty-four. This is uh, Frank Worrell's birthday. He was the first black player to captain the West Indies on a regular basis, and um, obviously, you know, they play for the Frank Worrell Trophy between Australia and West Indies. But it's probably not well fought after these days. Like it may have used to be in the back in the good old day for the West Indies. Fifth um, of August, twenty nineteen. Just a little bit of more recent history in a way. But um, do you remember Sam Papergate? Yes, it was the return of Steve Smith after having his uh, serving his time. He made two hundreds in that game that he came back in, and he's the fifth Australian player to make twin centuries in an Ashes Test. So. That's, uh, you know, a pretty good comeback for Mr. Stephen Smith for you. He had a lot of time to practice. Yeah, yeah, I think he played in the Canadian League and, and the other league that he could, that wasn't sanctioned, I suppose, really. <laughs> it wasn't. So, oh, was it? How did he get away with that, you know? Come on. Uh, I think it was some, yeah, it was because it was banned was from a cricket Australia. So they can be flexible about it. So, oh, <laughs> technicalities, <it> technicalities. <laughs> Where it suits, eh? <laughs> um, now, a couple of other ones that I've got lined up here. Now, this is an interesting one. Third of August, two thousand. It's um, on the first day. Michael Atherton and Alex Stewart's hundredth Test together played at Old Trafford back then, Atherton's home ground. Now Stewart took a catch behind the wicket. That was not the highlight, though. The um, following day, he became the fourth batsman to score a hundredth, a hundred in his hundredth test. So Colin Cowdery, Jarvid Mendad, and Gordon Greenwich are the only other players, and he's the only one to do it on the Queen Mother's hundredth birthday. So there you go, hundred, hundred, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a hundred in his hundredth test on the Queen's hundredth birthday. Yeah, something for More importantly, did the Queen Mother get a letter from the Queen? <laughs> well, we never <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Now, a couple of other ones. There's, this one was an interesting one for New Zealand history a little bit. So 2nd of August 2010 was the death of Eric Tyndall. And he was just over five months short of what would have been his 100th birthday. Now, being cricketers, we're always talking about centuries and that, right? So, you know, you're always oh. aiming to get to that 100. So he missed out of 99. Yeah, out of 99. Out of 99. But he was a dual rep. He played for cricket uh, for New Zealand and rugby for New Zealand, apparently, and became the oldest test cricketer on the 8th of November 2009 when he took over Francis McKinnon's record of 98 years of age. So (laughs) just still falling short of that 100. And the last one I've got lined up for this evening is back on the 1st of August, 1983, and this is in Headingley, where New Zealand won, won a test in England for the first time. Lance Cairns taking 10 wickets, which included his career best of 7 for 74, and um, Chats six, uh, you and Chatfield, 6 to bowl England out for under 260 twice. Nice effort there. Yes, nice effort. Uh, yes, it was very fit, winning our first test there in the Healing League. So well done. It's funny when you see the footage there, we celebrated it, you know, like we always celebrate everything. Yay, we won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kiwi celebration. Uh, yeah, 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 we yeah. won. <laughs> yeah. None of this jumping up in the air business. 
no, no, no. That's that's very ungentlemanlike, isn't it? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there well, we thanks. have it. The history is a couple of birthdays. Thanks for that, Rohit. And um, yeah, we'll move swiftly on into the week in news. And in the news, Sophie Devine will be hooking up with the Scorchers in the next edition of the WBBL, if it proceeds. So um, in saying that, sport is happening in Australia, apart from uh, Melbourne or Victoria. So um, we've got, there's a good chance that it will. She will be partnering up with Beth Mooney uh, in a pretty destructive opening partnership. Uh, for the Western Australian side. Now, just for those that don't, don't know, we know the power of uh, Sophie Devine and what she's been doing in the women's game. Um, Beth Mooney in the last women's BBL had an average over 70. So, um, yeah, that's actually going to be quite an interesting combination there to keep an eye on. Uh, Jitan Patel, he's had a, well, did have a role with England cricket to be their spin coach for the current series and a few other series to come. But that's come to abrupt end. The problem is his visa conditions. His visa conditions only allow him to play in England, not to coach in England. So therefore, he has now um, relinquished the role of coach, spin coach for uh, England and will only play T20 for Warwickshire. Now, that's the team he's been playing for over there. Now, this tournament, the T20, will be his last cricketing gig before he goes into retirement. So... And then maybe he's got his visa issues sorted out and then he can coach over there. But uh, to, to my mind, um, obviously, they hold the English hold him in quite high regard. So it'd be nice to see him back on these shores um, helping out with the New Zealand cricket team, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Now, Mitchell Santner, he, Santner will be joining Ross Taylor, Colin Monroe, Tim Seifert, Glenn Phillips, Ish Sodi, Corey Anderson, Scott Kugeline, and Nick Kelly and heading over to the CPL in the Caribbean. The CPL will be starting on the 18th of August, so that's not too far away, but they left a few days ago to go over there. And um, if you're wondering who Nick Kelly is, as I was, <laughs> he's actually an Australian-born cricket player, but is a, is a Kiwi, um, yeah. playing for Northern Districts. And uh, I have to admit, that name was very vague to me when I saw that name pop I up. I think he was he was in the same under-19s as East Sodi. It's about maybe eight years ago. And then he played a few, a lot of games for ND, and then he moved down to Otago, where right. he played all formats, and that's where yep. he probably excelled, and that's, I think, how he got picked. So, no, and he's now been, he's back he's to ND. Around. Yeah, he's from, I think, Papakura. Oh, Where's right. He? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Auckland, ah, yeah. yep, yep. His so. dad is a Cairo, I think, so. That's close to Hamilton. <laughs> now, the um, just moving on and slightly into the game that's just started. Com yep, so commentators were left dumbfounded the, um, last night, our time, when the umpires pulled stumps early in the first test between England and Pakistan. But we'll get into that as we cover off the first test. And also something that we'll get into is the Ireland picked up their second only win over England with a comprehensive display in the third and final match of the ODI series. And uh, that's where we go to first tonight. So as we've wrapped up our news, we'll go into that series. So just to go over quickly what's happened in the series, as was expected, England comfortably wrapped up the series uh, within two matches, the first two matches. Uh, in the first ODI, Ireland struggled through to 172 off 44 overs, uh, and with England basically turning it into nearly a T20 uh, they, they, they're basically chasing down the total in 27 overs. So chasing down the 172 and 27 overs for the loss of only four wickets. The second saw Ireland improve a little bit, 
they managed to bat out their 50 overs this time and amass uh, 212. This time, England chased it down just as easily uh, in 32 overs. But the fun and excitement came in the third ODI. This time, England batted first and were bowled out with one ball to spare with a daunting target of 328. So at the innings break, it looked like, for all intents purposes, that England were going to take a 3-0 series win. But somebody forgot to tell Paul Sterling and Andrew Bilburney the script, to show them the script. Sterling ended up scoring 142 and Bilburney 113. And Kevin O'Brien hit the single required to win the game with one ball still to, uh, still remaining. But get this. So Ireland ended up winning the game with the loss of only three wickets. So absolutely amazing effort there by Ireland in that last assist. Did you guys catch any of that highlights or um, the scorecards? Yeah, followed no. a bit. I've been following Ireland for a bit now. So um, yep. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Sterling has been playing county cricket for middle six, if I'm not wrong. And he's yep. limited, like limited over specialists. So he probably comes across the English bowlers quite often. And yes. uh, sort of like, you know, just like uh, he's an aggressive batsman. When he gets away with it, he gets away with it. And that's probably one of his days, you know. And I think he got yeah. run out in the end. So. He 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 did um he did get run out in the end. I'm just um uh, I'll get onto the right scorecard here if I can, and um I'll bring that up on screen. So basically, yeah, look, there's um there we go. Paul saying yeah, run out for 142. Yeah. And um you're right, it's obviously got to be his day because we go back to the first one day uh, and the second one day uh, and he was bowled out cheaply like like the whole Irish team was but he was yeah. bowled out fairly cheaply so Paul Sterling I mean he's been around a while now hasn't he yes yeah, so I think he's been um, good 12 13 years I mean from what I can remember like you know I think um, he would have played for Ireland when he was in teen he was still a teenager right and everyone I actually had a season in Ireland 2007 and everyone spoke high of him and obviously Owen Morgan and Owen ended up playing for ended up playing for England and you know obviously we know who he is. Um, yep. And with Sterling, obviously, um, yeah, he started quite young uh, for Ireland and he's still still only twenty nine. So he's still only twenty nine exactly. Just bringing up his details here and um, he's like, if we look at his record, it's um, not too bad. I mean, when we look at Ireland and obviously the teams that they get to play um, and it's sort of for a. For a guy that just goes out there and, and has a go, um, an average of 37 opening is not bad. No, no, no. 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 So um, I'll just take it back there. Now, interesting you mentioned another Irish name uh, in that. In the fact, so there was three Irishmen that scored test centuries. I was not test centuries. ODI centuries in that final game. And so one of them was for England, and that's Ian Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill Burney and um, Stir um, Sterling and then Ian Morgan scoring for uh, a century there for um, England. For England, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it must be hard. I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, like, as you stated, it's just like all the names all, within Irish cricket, Ian Morgan, the big name. And he ends up going to play for England. It's a hard one to take for the Irish, isn't it? Yeah, I guess like uh, for professionals, obviously, I mean, Ireland now sort of, even now, like their domestic cricket is not like, you know, obviously it's, you can't make a living out of it. 
So yep. what happens is like, because they carry European passports, so they all end up playing county cricket. So because if they are eligible to play for England, that makes their county to hard, like the chances are that the county is more likely to take them that way. Yep. So what happens is like they kind of just, they just make a choice that they will play in England. And mm. uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, I wish it was like soccer where you just play for your country for internationals and then play wherever you want to, you know? So yeah, that's I right. I mean, not, it, it's interesting because um, if you mentioned soccer, it's interesting because like in, in rugby, that sort of happened a little bit as well, where um, obviously within the UK format and, and including Ireland in that format, this is like you, you can get guys playing club rugby in, in in the UK where there's more money available, etc. Yeah. Although that's changed a little bit with Ireland now, but especially with Wales and Scotland, you'll go to the UK where the clubs have the big money and because you end up there starting from a junior possibly, you end up playing for um, England. So is, I missed a little bit there, but was, did you say soccer is dependent on where you're born? No, no, no. no. no what, Not, sorry, if I was, if, uh, what I was saying is like, you know, like how soccer has developed more like you don't play that many internationals. So when you do yeah. play, you do play for the country, you know, you started your career with or, you know, I mean, technically, career. you know, technically yeah. where you were born. Like, you know, I mean, you won't see yeah. many people switching, you know, um, yeah. sort of. Uh, and it's, no, no, it's, 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 sorry, Rohit, go. I was going to say that that's the reason I brought that, that question up because of what Simon said here. What yep. happens if you've got parents from different countries and how do you choose yeah. your allegiance? Yeah, look, I mean, as, as Simon just said, it's just like um, he does have an English mother and uh, from an early, early doors um, <laughs> sort of declared that he was going to play for England. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's what, as you say, it's just like it's an easy one to sort of um, declare when I you knew that we're going to get the game. against England in, in ODI. So he played for Ireland before he played for England. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> So then, okay. So no, if he then, played for if he played for Ireland in an ODI, did yeah. he have the stand down period, the ICC stand down no, period? No, so then? because uh, back then uh, I don't know if it's still the same. Like the it doesn't apply to the if you're going to the minor country to a major test playing nation. So I remember yep. there was a guy who played left arm who played for Netherlands, but he was an Aussie with yeah. Dutch passport. So he played for them, and then he ended up playing for Australia straight after that. But once you right. played for Australia, then you need four years. Stand up for so. If you played for a tier one, for want of a term, yeah. a tier one, yeah. Yeah. going the other way, you've yeah. got your stand down periods, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But um, yeah. if you're playing up, then you don't necessarily have it. Or yeah. back in the day, anyway. Not yeah. He, he was that Australian bowler, um, the long blonde hair dude, wasn't he? I can't think of his name. It starts uh, it's, with the end. It's pretty. Yeah. It was pretty sharp. Uh, he was, he was uh, sharp. Think, yeah. Now he uh, forgot his. Um, he was yeah, a professional. Um, I think he he had he was part of another sport for Australia as well. So he took up mm -hmm. he back came back to cricket quite late. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Oh, it's, it's interesting because the as I said, the cricket eligibility rules are um, quite interesting. But I, I remember that one of the um, as Simon says, you know, they're quite lax at times. But I also remember like um, talking about eligibility, and we're digressing here, but that's what we do. Is um, Graham Hick. Um, yes. he had like about a five year stand down period. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Wow. He had to wait for seven. And he kind of missed out this golden period in that. <laughs> True. Yeah. He did, didn't he? Yeah. So he was Zimbabwe born, wasn't he? Yeah. So Rhodesia was Zimbabwe. Yeah. And then he yeah. got, um, he, I think he was available to play for England in 1991. 
Yes. But I think his peak was 1988 when he scored all like 405 in one innings and he had... Yeah, you know, his county games. Runs. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting, though. All righty. Well, so so basically, um, yeah. So um, as as expected, England did wrap it up in those first two games, but a fantastic effort there. Ireland chasing down three hundred and twenty-eight, um, which you know, for any team would be a daunting prospect, isn't it? But I suppose with England batting first and getting those that the the big score on the board, it gives you open license just to throw the bat. That's a damn good chase, though, isn't it? It is a good chase. England did play all their bowlers, though, and but obviously, yeah. you know, they've got all their main bowlers who played the previous two games, so which means that they were not taking it lightly. <laughs> they did not take it lightly. No, no, no he did. They didn't. And I mean, like, the, the thing is that I mean, even they just keep going because if you look, um, Ireland actually did lose a couple of early wickets, um, and so you would have had a little bit more pressure on. But that that partnership between Sterling and Bilburney basically built the platform, and then O'Brien comes in and. And with uh, Tikta and just finishes it off. That's yeah. I mean, you're betting with no pressure, really, aren't you? Well, it's no the, pressure right through, just, isn't it? Because you, you've yeah. got nothing to lose. I mean, you've lost the series. You're yep. you're not expected to win, so you no. have a go. Absolutely, and good on them for doing that. Uh, you know, because a lot of teams could have easily have folded in 150 yep. all out or something, right? Trying yep. to give it the chase, but she's chasing you know, a big score like 328. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it would have been a really good game and uh, to watch, even for the spectators at the ground over 600 runs in, in, in a day. They're the cardboard wow. cutout spectators. <laughs> 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 well, you got the cameraman, you've got you know, <laughs> commentators, and <laughs> they're having their shifts, so that, yeah. Yes, that's, that's, I, I suppose you know that's the interesting thing is that oh, for us over here with going to sporting events, we've got crowds, so it's yeah. still taking get that get takes a bit of getting used to seeing sports events overseas um, with no crowds there at all. It's, 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 it's does feel, it does look so, quite strange. It does. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's let's move along, move along, and and we'll move into the next series that England's moving to now. Just to clarify, so. England have got two squads. Um, they've got an ODI squad and a Test Match squad. So once the um, West Indies-England Test Series was finished, that Test squad basically had a break and the ODI team came in um, and played Ireland. So now the Test squad that played West Indies is back again and it's pretty much the same squad. I don't think they've changed anybody from England's perspective, but now they're playing Pakistan. And the first up, there's three test matches, the first starting at Old Trafford. So that got all, got underway last night. And surprise, surprise, everybody out there is going to be surprised to hear that it was another truncated day with only 49 overs being bowled because of the fabulous English summer. <laughs> Are we surprised? Well, didn't they have a good summer a year or two back? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is... Actually, actually, I'll do time out there. I'll turn, turn, I'm just going to turn to my left here yes. and go, Paul, did England ever have a good summer? <laughs> <laughs> I left the UK in 2005. I used to live in Singapore on the, on the equator. I don't know. <laughs> 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 um... Look, I mean, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a bit sad. I mean, and, and just coming back to actually, I mean, we will come back to the squads and we'll discuss the squads a bit. But it is disappointing that 
the um, we've got two spinners bowling, and the umpires decided to pull stumps because of bad light. I mean, we want to see Test cricket, don't we? And the batsmen aren't saying anything. The game's carrying on. Do you let the game go? What do you? What do you? What are our thoughts here? Who chooses to play uh, play for bad light? The umpires these days. Yeah, there's a light meter umpires have, and yeah. I, I assume that for fast bowlers they need certain amount of light, and then for spinners they still. So it's not just the bowlers and uh, sort bowlers and batsmen; it's all the, also the fielders. So I'm yep. not sure who makes the call. I mean, definitely umpire makes the call, but I've in in past I've seen where, um, you know, the fielders have said we can't see the ball. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> But I, so yeah. what I was reading today, I, I don't think they in the past the light got offered to the batsman. I think it's, it's basically the um, umpires just make the call now. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I would have thought so too. Because I, I think that's I mean, normally like, it, it's a batting team that's disadvantaged by not being able to see the ball. See the ball. Um, I, I just from what I was reading, it, and it wasn't clear to be honest. Um, but it made it sound like that. Um, it was a case of um. The bat, the umpires basically make the decision, and the they don't really offer the light to the batsman. Wow, it's it's it comes down, but um, is it? it that's what it seemed like. It was around. That's just on a. It was on one of the. I think it was on the Crick Info page, but it was mm. mainly the commentators just going off. There's just like, <laughs> but they get to go back to the hotel early. So moving on to the time. <laughs> we get it. They want overtime exactly. Yeah, the slow bowling rates, and they, they carry on past the shutoff time, and they get overtime. Uh, look, so after um, just just go over the scorecard quickly. Um, after a slightly shaky start, it wasn't too bad. Um, is that Masood and Azam have gotten Pakistan back on track, and um, then uh, before the umpires decided to go. So basically, by the end of day's play, I'll get myself sorted here, and here we go. There's the scorecard. Um, they were Pakistan in a pretty good position at 139 for two. Yeah, I think good thing when I, I mean I was watching it live, and good thing was that Pakistan didn't lose any wicket in first I think first hour, maybe first 15 overs. Yep. And with someone like Anderson, obviously he is quite lethal to the left-handers as well because he brings mm -hmm. it in, and Shan Masood and Pass had issues with it. Um, yep. like ball going across and coming back in. So I think uh, surviving Anderson early on because I mean he's not getting any younger. I think he's 20, 37, 38. So, 39. Yeah, 39. So not giving him a wicket early on, probably. I mean, he bowled well. I mean, played and missed. Um, guys played and missed a lot. But I think surviving the first hour was the key. And uh, second and third spell, um, I guess someone like Anderson would still bowl decent pace. But that extra sort of edge he has with the new ball, I think that was taken away uh, yep. by both the batsmen who sort of, uh, you know, saw it off. So I guess that's what mattered. Oh, 16th over. So, yeah, so we probably sort of, uh, yeah, survived the first spell from Anderson and Board. Uh, mm -hmm. That probably helped, you know. No, that's, that's a good, absolutely. Yep, go right. That's, 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 the, um, that's the beauty. Yeah, that's, that's an opener's job. Job done. Yeah, absolutely. And, Coming out there and sort of basically making sure that there's not early wickets. And, and you yeah. know, it, just going back to the West Indies series, that's one thing that the West Indies struggled that's with right. big time. There was early wickets. Helps yep. that fielding team get momentum up in their bowling lineup, doesn't it? And get their confidence up. Yeah, exactly. And, and so yeah, to I mean, basically at, nullify like, that. Shan Masood has played, what, 25 overs at his own out of 50, right? Yep. And um, and that's, that's a huge job for an opener because – uh, now we've got another yeah. 30 overs before the new ball is due. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I think uh, Stokes hasn't bowled and he's probably one of the better bowlers with the old ball. 
uh, right. England. So if either he's injured. I'm not sure. I didn't. Is he still got that it. injury? Because he did have that injury in the last Test match. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. he probably hasn't recovered from it. Uh, mm. That's why probably England played four fast bowlers. Yeah. Um, right. And then uh, a spinner. So um, I guess like you know, next thirty overs key for Pakistan if they can sort of. Uh, accumulate as many runs because second new ball, Anderson comes again. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just just a, a bit of insight from um, my researcher in the background. Um, ben Stokes has um, been bowling in the nets, um, mm -hmm. but I, I'm still thinking. Obviously, they'll still carry him with kid gloves and and uh, just use them if as required. I'm guessing. Mm. You would want to risk him this early into it, right? You don't want to risk them that early. Right, so yeah. basically, look, um, we'll, we'll go through the uh, 11 since we've got the scorecard up there and we can see the names there. But what, one name I'm really keen to to find out a bit more about and going to sort of like give you a hospital pass here, Taz, is that <laughs> Naseem Shah, 17-year-old kid. I mean, we say kid because I'm nearly 50 in a few months. So <laughs> I'm sort of say kid. It's just like, tell us a bit about him. What, what You know, what is what's what's the raps on him? So I think he's been in high-performance system for the last two to four years. He's originally from northern area in Pakistan, but he's been training at, I think, at Abdul Qadir, the, the league spinner he had as an academy, his academy. So he's been training with them and then got into sort of uh, Pakistan age group setups. So he's been in the system for a good three years. So it's not like he came from, like, in Nobe uh, for, right. for, you know, for, for, for Pakistan. But he's sort of like someone uh, everyone spoke really high of. Because yes. he's he he's is not your sort of traditional Pakistani bowler like uh, he hits the deck hard, so he's not like a swing out and out swing bowler like say say someone like Waka they were quick but they mm -hmm. also relied on swing so this guy actually hits the deck hard and gets very good carry um, on a good day like you know obviously um, especially with the Duke's ball because I haven't seen him bowl in England so it would be good to see how he goes. Because I know in Australia, he didn't take that many wickets, but he bowled some some really good balls. Um, and Dukes naturally swings a little bit more and slightly smaller uh, from my, my understanding. So well, let's see how it goes there. But yeah, probably one of the brightest prospects Pakistan has since Mohammad Amir. Right. That's big reps yeah. there. So, so, yeah. You're right. I mean, like my understanding, going back to him in Australia, he he didn't get a lot of wickets, but by all accounts, the batsmen all got hurried up um, by what he was able to generate out there. Yeah. So it's it, it's I mean I always love seeing new players come along. I mean like um we, you know seeing Jofra Archer's development and we've been hearing so much about him. I'm really looking forward to seeing Nazim Shah in terms of his progress and how he goes. They're going to have to be careful with him. Eh? 17 years old. You don't want to work him into the ground, do you? I mean, you don't want to. It's a young body; it's still developing. He needs to be looked after. Yeah, I think um, from what from what I hear is like obviously he's already had issues. So first mm -hmm. first year, like when he started, I think under 16s, under 15s, he was playing. He had back injuries, so they've kind of have been working together with a few sort of. Uh, um, senior coaches and everything, and Pakistan is they they they, they probably know that like you don't want to lose this one night through, through injuries. So in past yeah. we have like the guy we we're talking about, Mohammad Zahid, he was he was amazing, but again like wasn't looked after that well. So I think mm. with the uh, with Nazim, uh, they 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 are already looking after him, and they didn't play him back to back test matches from my from what I remember. So yep, it's 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 a hard one though, isn't it? It's just like all of a sudden if he has some success. 
really tempting not to carry on playing him in the next test, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard call. <laughs> it's a hard call for the player as well to be rested for the next test when he's just had a really good performance in the first one, isn't it? You really yeah, want to be carrying what, on what, and playing what the next doing is uh, they've been sort of managing a workload at how many overs he's bowling and sort of how his body is. And um, they're just taking game by game, from what I know. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's, it's but just sort of going into that, Rohit, what Rohit was saying, is like as a player, even though he's so young, and he won't see it, he's got lots of time in the game, but all he sees is the next game. And, mm -hmm. and you're sort of thinking, if I'm not there, somebody's <laughs> taking my chance and I might not get to play again. Even though he's only seventeen and he's got twenty odd years of uh, cricket ahead of him, if he looks after himself, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like now, I think things have changed because so many uh, franchise, like T Twenty, sort of things happening around the world and everything. So um, these guys probably know that what they're worth and how to sort of look after their body. I think Amir sort of retired from red ball cricket just to look after, you know, his white ball. Career. So game, I yeah. assume that like he will, uh, he knows that you know he needs to um, sort of uh, take a break in between. So mm. it'll be we'll see we'll see how that goes. Now look, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go on to this next player. In the, the fact is, it sort of surprised. It's surprising for me only in the fact that 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 um, Ahmed is um, is. Wicketkeeper, been around for so long, or feels like it's been around for so long, performed. But they've gone with Mohamed Rizwan in the Test team. Is, yeah, is, I think, I'm sort of thinking, batting-wise, um, Rizwan's a much better player? Yeah, and I think that they're, they're probably slowly trying to move on from um, um, Serfraz as well, because he's been around for a while and he's not the captain anymore. And that probably no. doesn't help when you've got ex-captains, you know. What Pakistan will probably miss him is for his the way he was talking to the bowlers and giving them directions during a test match. Uh, Babur is uh, completely opposite. Like, he's not the same as, you know, Serfraz. And Serfraz being the keeper, he probably got most out of the spinners because right. he could communicate with them, you know, and mm. he could use the bowlers, like, the way he, he, he could see from behind the stumps. I think that's what probably Pakistan will miss the most. Keeping-wise, he probably was downhill for the last couple of years, if, if, if I'm not wrong. And <laughs> batting, he's, he's a fighter. Like, he's probably your number seven. But uh, Rizwan can bat at number six. So Rizwan is a more orthodox batsman. And yep. what I've heard from the guys in Pakistan is he's probably the fittest guy around. So I guess, like, we're probably moving on to slightly younger and sort of more sort of agile uh, player and... Um, I, I, Safraz might still play T20s. He's a battler there, yeah, Safraz. I quite enjoyed watching him. Yeah, and he, he was, it's just like, I think he's, he's got to a stage where he was a captain and he's, I think, 33. Yeah. So they're yeah. probably trying to get the next guy ready. The longevity of his one day or T20 career. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of captains, so um, obviously Azhar Ali now, the captain of the uh, Pakistan team, would have been disappointed that... Um, Getting the old egg, or um, you know, <laughs> last night. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, again a hard worker. Like he, he was. He actually started his career as a league spin bowler and number, right. genuine number ten, number eleven, and worked all the way up. Um, wow! Then, that, 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 yeah, yep. so he's 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 hard worker. 
Um, I guess like Pakistan is probably reliant on him, Asad Shafiq and uh, Babar Azam, those three. And mm-hmm. uh, because they're only playing with five genuine batsmen, kind of I was, you know, I was hoping that Azhar stays a bit longer. But I think that what we got a uh, bonus out of Shan Masood, that kind of covered Azhar up a little bit. Sure. And, um, but Azhar Ali, definitely a fighter. And uh, for Pakistan, at least for the next three, four years, you want Babar Azam, Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq to bat. And so since we've, we've mentioned Babar Azam a few times and uh, it, it sort of seen him as basically the key, the glue in the batting lineup. Uh, I, I think he's still sort of he's obviously in last last 10, 10 games. I think he's, he's scored 1000 runs, averaging 67. Uh, yep. He scored five test hundreds, all five test hundreds in last last 10 games. So he's played 26 games uh, and five hundreds and all those five hundreds are in last 10 games. So he's kind of informed batsman and um, pretty good on both front foot and back foot. Uh, he scored comfortable. He was comfortable in Australia playing against like quick bowlers, back foot, pole cut, and it, he looks all right in England as well. So he's probably got a solid technique and really light on his feet that he can sort of he can play moving uh, Duke's ball as well as a hard bouncy sort of you know cookover. <laughs> and this is like, I mean, it, it, we sort of talked pre pre uh, pre show, I should say pre game, pre show. I mean, like <laughs> probably not getting the sort of um, coverage that the more sort of uh, sort of famous, like a Virat Kohli or whatever, who if he's getting these sorts of numbers, particularly in the last year, it would have gotten. So he really is flying under the radar. I guess yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, like he's only played twenty six test matches and seventy four ODIs, as you can see. So I mean, yep. with Coley, like he's uh, Coley is I think thirty one, thirty two, um, mm. so he's about six years older, and he's done it over and over again. So Coley, especially in I think in test cricket, Coley probably hasn't done as well as he's done in one day cricket. But Coley's one day stats are amazing. But he's played a lot more cricket, so I think let's wait for another maybe two years. If Babar Azam can do it uh, for another couple of years, then I think yeah, we can talk about the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> very diplomatic of you. Yeah, very, very. Oh, I but thought I that he it, should yeah. be recognised. A bit more, bit more recognition should go as well. I felt. No, it is. I think it is. It, you're right in a way that he's he's sort of flown under the radar, but in mm. in all three ODI. T20 and test ranking, he's in top 10. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's where people see that, you know, so with the current form, he's definitely yeah. in the top, uh, I would say he's in top four batsmen across all formats, um, yeah. whether it's test cricket, ODI or like T20s. But um, when we come to Kohli, Kohli's won so many games chasing, you know, and uh, so, I mean, I guess like it's just uh, probably the consistency. Uh, as you said, Babar's only scored uh, five test hundreds, and all of, the, all of them were in last ten games. So first sixteen test matches, he didn't score a hundred. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So he's just finding his feet basically at yeah. that test level, isn't he's he? Young, I think he's too young to sort of be compared to someone like Holly. But on form right now, he's up there. And and um, I'm just going to go back to your comments around um, as a Ali. Actually, I'll get the right comment up there. And it's just like, as Ali, Pakistan's version of Mark Richardson. Because Mark Richardson started off as an off-spin bowler and ended up being the opening batter for New Zealand. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Azarali is better. 
<laughs> now we're going to set something off here. <laughs> yeah, but no, we'll, we'll move on to we'll move on to the um, English team, and um, basically um, we will we'll be seeing um, rotation for their bowlers happening. Um, and I think if, off the top of my head, I could be wrong, and I'm happy to be corrected. They're basically gone with the same bowling lineup as the last test against the West Indies, um, with Anderson Broad. Wokes and Archer as their four main bowlers, uh, their their um, pace attack. So and, and Woods missing out. Yeah, I guess like um, with, um, I think it's Archer or Woods. You can't have both, you know, because it's yeah. like they they try to like obviously they're quick, or they I mean they want to push the batsman back, and uh, I guess you can't play both. I mean you can in a way, but how I see they they're trying to sort of. Uh, because Wokes is a very good batsman too. He's called a Test hundred, yes. and he's like you know, so he's your number eight. So if you play both Archer and uh, Woods, um, and then Anderson, so you kind of have a longer tail as well. So I'm not sure if that's got to do with it, but yep. And um, I sort of think it's just like you know, they've been they've actually been going well. Um, I, interestingly enough, that you know, we go back to the first Test against the West Indies, and they 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 um. They started without Broad. I was going to say dropped, but he was not dropped. He was started without Broad. Um, Broad and Anderson both came out at various times saying how they like playing together and they yeah. actually sort of work much better together. And yeah. almost like since they've said that, they've been selected in every game together. Every game, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um, and, and when you've watched it, it's just like um, Broad's been on fire. I mean, he hasn't, uh, hasn't picked up any wickets, um, obviously, with a truncated day game, but. Um, They'll be looking for broad. He's he seems to be in form. He'll be looking to sort of um to 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 um have some good success against Pakistan as well. Yeah, I guess like he's he was top wicket taken in the last series despite missing the first game. So uh, he obviously came came back very strong after being dropped, arrested, or you know whatever they say. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess like came this is with... a slightly slower dick as well. So um, I don't know if. Uh, they they needed five, uh, four four fast bowlers and and uh, Stokes because yep. uh, someone like Stokes would probably do bowl better on these kind of uh, pitches, I would say. Um, so yeah, four fast bowlers on this track. I mean, it hasn't worked so far for them, but you never know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say so. We've got to. What's the spinning spinning options? Obviously, Pakistan have got a few spinning options. Um, realistically speaking, I know Joe Root bowls spin, but Dom Bess is their um, spin bowler. Are we expecting this? We we didn't see a lot of spin in this pitch um, in the West Indies series. Are we expecting anything different from the Pakistan bowlers yeah, or the England bowl, uh, spin the, bowling options? This being a little bit dry, and I think the temperature is in mid twenties. Least next three days, uh, touching turning thirty. Uh, in, in Manchester and no rain. So I guess like Pakistan has probably played for the fifth day that they've batted first, looking at the pitch that is slightly drier than traditional English pitches. And in August, generally, like August, it does turn. Um, not necessarily at Manchester, but in general. So I guess um, with England, just playing one spinner, finger spinner, who's I think has only played eight test matches. So, um, so I guess like they've, they've gone with... Uh, and he can bat too. So I assume that they're, they're playing him with someone who can uh, bat it. Because if Vokes is batting at seven, um, Bess would be batting at eight. 
eight. So they kind of uh, they've probably gone with without a like a out and out genuine spinner. Well, he is yep. a genuine spinner, but like uh, someone who bat even lower. So I assume that that's probably it's... part of it that he's he's picked it's... for uh, as a bowler who can bat at number eight. So he's a bowling all rounder. Which well, well, yeah, that because, yeah, because his bowling in general, like he hasn't like hasn't done exceptionally well. Fire. <laughs> yeah, but he's only played eight test matches. So Moin Ali yep. was the other option, or the Leaguey. Uh, but they've gone for the guy they've been with, like start of the season. So I guess uh, they just want to build it up for him. Is he is he uh, quite young for an international spin bowler? Uh, it it really depends because like uh, it's it's I think he's twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty three. Yeah. So um, you're still learning I, your craft, aren't you? Yeah, but I mean, like someone like Herbert Herbert Singh from India was at his prime at twenty one, you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he I, was bowling since he was two. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it really depends upon like um, how sort of your your age as a as a bowler. Um, I guess like he's 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 you know he's, he's not a bad. What I've seen is not a bad bowler. It's just like right. for for a finger spinner, he does miss the length a lot. Yeah. And, and uh, for wrist spinner, you can see that, you know, leg spinners probably, you know, missed, missed the length. But for finger spinner, from what I've seen, he has missed his length a bit. So You do expect the finger spinner to be more consistent. And that's where yes, it's coming yes. from. He's still quite young in the scheme of yeah. being an off-break bowler. And he is yeah. still uh, learning his craft in a way, right? Yeah. And England's obviously put a lot of um, investment into him to put him in that international level. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, this is this this is sort of a track where a spinner can win you a game in England because yeah. it's slightly less moisture. So yeah. these sort of tracks, you want your spinner to be able to take five for. I mean, I I, I might be wrong. He might be able to take a five for you know. But I'm trying mm. to say is like you almost like from one end your spinner is bowling on day four or day five to win you a game yeah. on a track like these, which probably would be slower and probably a lot drier and maybe get more purchase towards the end of the like day four and and all day five. Well, yeah, it's absolutely. Just 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 going back to the um you know the conditions and um. There's a chance that we said the next few days are actually looking quite warm. I mean, tomorrow tonight when they start playing, they're looking for a high of 29. So there's there's a chance that unlike in the West Indies series where there was always um, grey skies, um, a bit of moisture around, that um, with um, three four days of um, sunshine, that we might actually see some drying out of the Old Trafford track. Yeah, and from from the pitch report, they said it was a lot drier. As well, right from, the, from day one, and that's from, probably that's why Pakistan batted first. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, and I mean, like, you know, you, someone that I mentioned in terms of Pakistan is yes, it's uh, and it's just like you just love seeing him play the game because he's always got a smile on his face. It's just like I mean, it's the success to go with the smile, but it's just yeah. great to see someone that enjoys the game, and um, even when things aren't necessarily going his way, he's still got a smile on his face. Yes, yeah. And and one more thing about Pakistan's batting is probably from my I've been following cricket for a wee while. This is yes. probably the weakest <laughs> weakest Pakistan batting lineup I have seen in England. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And it... uh, and like you've got three guys. Uh, basically, you've got Azhar Ali, Babur Azam, and Asad Shafiq. And uh, Babur is still like obviously a second tour to England, so he's still relatively young. But yep. like you've got. Like three guys who you can probably, who are 
who are who've been consistently playing for Pakistan. So other guys are in and out. So keeping that in mind, uh, and Pakistan only played five five batsmen in this game. So uh, I mean, it will be interesting how they play in the second innings. You know? So do you think that um, out of the bowlers, who are there that's the, that can actually hold, hold a bat that can handle so the Pakistan, bat? Pakistan's got a really long tail because mm. um, I mean Shadab Khan is he's he's actually in longer format he's probably as good of a batsman as he is as a bowler. And he's developed a lot in last 12 months, shorter formats. I think he's one of the top scorers in Pakistan Super League this year. Right. So he's developing. So he probably is your number seven. But then your number eight is Yasser Shah. So he scored a test 100 last year in, in Australia. But he's, I think he's averaging around 12, 13. So he's still your number nine, number 10 at best. So he's batting at eight. And then last three are like, you know, you've got like, not Chris Martins, but like, you know, all three guys are like, uh, they've got Plus. single figure first class averages, you know. So Pakistan is playing with a long to So what I think what they've banked is, is their bowling. So they're banked on their bowling. If somehow they get 315 first innings, I yep. think they're in it. They're in the game, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, look, we, we're seeing that a lot, aren't we? I mean, in test match credit, you don't have to get 500, do you? 350 and good pressure with your bowling lineup is enough. Yeah, especially when you're playing with five bowlers and uh, all five bowlers are different, you know. So we've got mm. Nassim Shah, who hits the big hard, uh, bowls well to left-handers. Then we've got Mohamed um, Abbas. He's like Mohamed Asif, just, you know, sort of medium pacer, but swings it both ways and pitches it up. And then you've got Shaheen Shah, the tall guy. I think he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and again, he's, he's completely different, three different bowlers. And then yep. you've got two spinners. So Shadab Khan is more one day like bowler, and uh, Yasser Shah is your like you know orthodox you know test test spinner. So I think they've got they probably that's why they batted first so that they can bowl last. So hopefully they score enough runs in first innings that they will be bowling last on day five. Day five. Yep. Is Abbas is the most experienced out of the lot, isn't he? From the bowling he unit, he certainly is, and he probably hasn't played a lot. He's played eighteen or twenty. I don't know how many mm. test matches he's played, but he hasn't played a lot either. But he's definitely the experienced one because he was—he's he's been playing county cricket for Leicester, so yes. he is more familiar with English conditions as well. Yeah, how do you expect him to go? Um, <clears throat> I think he's um, last maybe five, six test matches. He hasn't been bowling as well as he did in like his first ten test matches. Yeah. Um, if England goes after him early. Um, because he's sort of a bowler who, if you let him bowl, then he will, you know, he will take five for, for not many runs, you know. So yeah. he's, but he doesn't have the pace. So it depends how no. England England sees him. But with a few new f- names in England, Pope, Byrne, and yeah. uh, Dom Sibley, I yep. think he will challenge them. Yeah, I've seen him bowl before outside of England in other Test match series, and I've. I've often thought, you know, he doesn't have the pace, but he, yeah. he was fairly accurate in what he was doing and picking yeah. up the wickets, uh, you know, and he was very successful bowler in a couple of series that I did watch, and I think one was yeah. back at home in UAE at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he progresses through the series. Because he he, he, he did well with Kookaburra, and, I mean, he should mm. do better with Dukes, you know. So, yeah. in English conditions, like, someone like him... Probably he would have done better if the series was in like you know say May or June early on in the English summer where it does a little bit more. But he's he still gets something out on a flat deck like you know in UAE he was taking wickets against New Zealand and, and Australia. Yeah. So yeah. he's but he does pitch it up. So that's probably the positive 
Yeah. It's, now, just um, coming back to England, I, I'm sort of thinking that the English batting lineup is under a little bit of pressure because a lot of their runs that have been off the back of Ben Stokes. Um, I think in that last innings against West Indies, Ben Stokes didn't bat and um, they got some good runs. But basically, West Indies mentally were on the plane home. And I thought that would, I, I, you know, it's just that the runs came easy. But realistically speaking, there's a lot of pressure on that English batting lineup, even though they bat deep. Yeah, I, I guess like um, Joe Root has to bat long because mm. if he doesn't, the young players, the three young players who haven't played, like I think they all, all three of them have played like 10 or like less than 10 test matches. Yep. Um, because Pakistan's got so much variation in their bowling, you can't you can't hide you know <laughs> you basically have to you have to be good against spin you have to be good against quick bowlers like genuine fast bowlers and you have to be good against swing bowlers so it's kind of like um the the variation in pakistan attack will expose any any technical deficiencies if there is with new english batsmen yep they will do and um it's, it's going to be I, I think they'll get more of a test than they did against the west indian bowlers i think the pressure is going to be on more consistently i mean we, we do know the um the temperament of, of the pakistan players can obviously shift a bit but as long as they remain focused then the pressure is going to remain on um from that bowling lineup through to that um english batting lineup yeah if they've got runs on board that's where like pakistan in, in past have struggled that they never really scored enough runs that their bowlers can challenge you know so yep. if they put like 350 on board in first innings i think pakistan is in it because england got three sort of inexperienced batsmen in top five and that's where pakistan should ex- like sort should of be looking uh, to try exploit to exploit it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um i'm just sort of uh Basically, kids. Sorry, Paul's just coming in. One moment, please, callers. So, with, with, as it's their inexperienced bowlers, uh, sorry, batsmen, will they have enough um, game tape to know where or, or to yeah how to get the get those batsmen out? Sorry, can you repeat that? <laughs> so basically, is this like um, with the English with the English batters being inexperienced? haven't seen them is are they going to have the sort of knowledge on what their um attackers what what they're going to bowl at these new bowl uh, batters on the english yeah. side to to know how to exploit that um inexperience yeah pakistan is quite lucky because waka yunus is uh, sitting in the dressing room you know so <laughs> i guess that's that really helps you know because someone like waka and um misbel hack and yunus khan so they've got yep. that sort of uh, think tank behind it and I'm sure they will come up with the, they will figure out the the batsman. And if anyone has any limitations, they will try to exploit it. And and having Wakar Yunus obviously is 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 great for these young fast bowlers. And I suppose that's the benefit. I mean, well, you know, the downside for the English players is that I mean, there's probably more footage around of the um, up and coming English batters than there would be of uh, or players than yeah. there would be of um, up and coming Pakistani players. So that's, that's there's more true. video footage to actually analyze and review. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look. Um. Just, just sort of like. So we've, we've sort of. Um. I'm just going to bring up the. Um. The 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 two play, the match match day the 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 test match elevens, outside of these eleven, especially with the Pakistan squad in particular, obviously, 
who do you see as someone that um, you're looking forward to possibly getting some game time in the in the matches to come? So I think Pakistan, obviously, uh, they, they've they gone with five five batsmen instead of six. So yep. if they do go for six batsmen, um, at number six, probably Fawad Alam. Um, he's, right. He's, he's, I mean, he's averaging 55 in, I think, first last record, and he hasn't been getting a go. Uh, English conditions are obviously different, but uh, I would say if he gets a go, that would be fair. And uh, openers, I think they're waiting for one of the openers to fail if in, Imam al Haq gets in. That's the only way he'll get in, obviously. He's an opener. Yep. Um, I personally quite like Sohail Khan. I mean, he's, I think, it's taken a five for in the warm up game. Um, he's kind of like, uh, he's, late 30s mid 30s but he he's hard worker and he's he will swing the old ball like he's he's the guy who can bowl like you know between 50 and 80 overs and yep. he would you know so he's sort of like he's your reverse swing bowler um so they've left him out and he might get a go in the next game and there's a kashif bhatti i think he's a spinner and uh, again like you know it depends pakistan would i don't think they will play two spinners so but I mean, like I suppose, yeah. In terms of not playing two spinners, you mentioned like um, going back to if I I'll, I'll make sure I get there. Um, Azar Ali, and, and who's actually was a bowl, spin bowler, is now yeah. done the hard work and become a bat, you know, a, a top level batter. Um, I'm guessing he's still a bowling option. Well, the thing is, he's a leg spinner, so they've got two leg spinners all Two leg spinners. <laughs> so, um, I guess, like, um, I mean, it depends how Yasser Shah and Shadab go, um, mm-hmm. but it would be hard to fit in a finger spinner with those two playing, you know, sort of. Uh, but uh, depending on the tracks as well, because this was meant to be a dry, like, after after first day, it was meant to be dry next four days and slightly dry wicket. So, I think that's probably, that's why they've gone for uh, two, two leggies. And it's, um, I suppose really within the English setup, there isn't a lot of room apart for... They've got a pretty settled 11 now, haven't they? Um, they'll swap in Mark Wood as a, as a within their bowling ranks. But realistically speaking, um, Sam Curran's probably not going to get a go unless Chris Wokes gets injured. That's probably yeah. a direct replacement there. Yeah. So realistically speaking, the 11 that we're seeing on, barring Mark Wood, is what we're probably going to see all the way through the series. Yeah, but I mean, cricket is a funny game. Like, you know, like Dom, Dom Sibley and Pope, if they have uh, two back to three back to back failures, you never know. Like, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's a funny sport in that way that, you know, you're in form and after two test matches, you're out of form, you know. So, uh, but I, I think they will, they will probably invest in young players. And um, they've given another guy a long, long chance, I forgot his name now, who, who did play first test against West Indies. But he scored a lot of start. He got a lot of starts, but never really got. Dinley. Yes, yeah, Dinley. Yeah. Dinley. So Din- they kind Dinley? Of gave him a good run. So I assume yep. they will give these guys a good run as well. Um, but as I said, like um, they probably, I don't know if they've played quality spin bowling, um, you know, in English county cricket or or Test cricket so far. And this this will be a challenge for them. Yeah, Raheem. With all due respect, Raheem Cornwall wasn't really a um, a, a, a sort of like a, a seasoned spin bowler that was going to challenge the batters uh, from the West Indies, was he? Yeah, I mean, he, he was obviously relatively new. He's got good first-class stats, but if you remember, like, uh, Guptill struggled in spin, right? 
and then yep. whoever we played against, they just bought the spinner as soon as he was in. You know? So uh, <laughs> I guess like that's where sort of uh, with these players, we don't know how well they will play spin, and that is where they will be challenged. So okay, so we're coming up to we're basically we're we're nearly out of time, but we we're coming up to day two. What are we looking for on day two of this test match? What's England looking to do? What's Pakistan looking to do? Well, I mean, um, I guess like England want to sort of uh, dry up the runs in the next thirty overs, I, because once they get the second new ball, you know, Anderson cannot falter twice. Not falter, but he will take wickets with the second new ball, right? Yep. So if Pakistan in the next thirty overs scores another hundred runs, um, they will be around what two two forty, and mm-hmm. then Anderson comes in. Pakistan's got a long tail. So uh, from Pakistan perspective, I think before the second new ball is due. Um, they should score. They should score as many as they can. You know, <laughs> that's it. Basically, so for Pakistan, they're looking to get out there and um, consolidate their position um, and make sure that the next two, next few wickets score the bulk of the runs. Because, yeah, I, I as mean, you say, Asa their lower Shafiq, order isn't yeah. going to. Yeah, Asad Shafiq is the key. Like, um, and these two guys batting now. So if because As- I mean, Babar Azam can play the new ball. So hopefully he sticks around for another 30 overs. I mean, I hope he does. <laughs> I'm a Pakistan supporter. So uh, because the second new ball will be a bigger challenge. Um, because, I mean, as I said, Anderson, a great new ball bowler. And uh, you know he will take wickets with the second new ball. Be leg weary a bit. What's it? Sorry, Ryan? He'll be leg, he'll be leg weary a bit, getting older. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's I suppose it's an interesting thing here. It's just like, okay, yeah. so, you know. They have now bowled like the, the the test matches effectively gone bang bang bang. Um, they've really mm-hmm. they've had a week off from the West Indies series into this this test match. Are the are the English bowlers going to if if Pakistan can keep them out there eventually? That that's going to take a toll on the English bowlers, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the adrenaline as well. Like, if Anderson takes one wicket, honestly, he can bowl all day. Like, if he keeps on taking wickets, he'll bowl all day, you know? Yep. <laughs> but you're right, like, playing back-to-back test matches and, like, you know, obviously, uh, it does take a toll on your body and, you know, they're not getting any younger. But I would I would, I would, I would be surprised if they don't rest uh, Jofra Arches after this test match. Yep. You know, it's sort of someone who he bowls a lot of short balls as well. So yes. they probably would try to protect him. And uh, with Anderson, like, you probably Anderson is a bowler you don't want to risk, you know, <laughs> unless he's injured, you know. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I mean, he's, it, he's, he's an old horse and, you know. Would you sort key. of, would you call Archer more of an, like, I mean, as opposed to a rhythmic bowler, he's more of an effort bowler? And so uh, he takes more no, toll on his he's body? He's so natural, though. Like, he, he bowls yeah. effortless. Like, you know, the way yeah. he runs in and he bowls, he bowls effortless. The thing so is, why would you, been, yep, sorry, carry on. Um, but the thing is, he has in past in last six months or twelve months, he had injuries on and off. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to sort of you don't want a like a stress fracture or you don't want something major to happen. So yep. I guess they probably would give him a break because he does bowl like he bangs it like he back off a length a lot as well with very minimal effort, but still it's still sort of uh, would could take a toll on his body. And they wouldn't want him breaking down before the ashes. No. 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 <laughs> hey, um, as it would be fair to say with the Pakistani batting, I mean, yeah. we saw it in the West Indies where players did not get on and score the big one. Yeah. 
and this is probably where Pakistan would need to step up here and one of these guys that are in is going to have to score a big one and convert, would would you say? Yeah, to get to that 300-plus mark, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, um, because these two guys are in, so you would rather them bet longer as the longer the you know the better. Uh, Babar Azam, as I said, like he scored five hundreds in last last That's ten right. games, and yep. uh, he's in good form. He's he looks he's looking good. So, I guess like these two, this partnership in particular, if Pakistan doesn't lose a wicket in first hour, um, that it's probably fun. would would be great for them. You know. Yeah. So uh, effectively, when we talk about you know what are we looking for day one, Pakistan are looking to make sure they don't lose a wicket in that first hour, just yeah. like they did the first day. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'll take this opportunity since um, Google sort of has decided to chuck up an ad in there and say Jim's Fire Safety. So for all your fire safety requirements, make sure you ring Jim's Fire Safety and for your <laughs> test tag requirements. And the reason I'm going there, because I'm, I'm, I'm 99% about to join them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, for all your test and tag, electrical test and tag requirements and fire safety requirements, ring Jim. For all that work, um, <laughs> hey, look, um, hey, look, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. We've we've done our, we've, we've gone the old hour, and it's sort of like we we could go on forever as we always do. But um, thanks, Taz, for coming on today because it's been, I mean, with your insight into Pakistan cricket, it's been fantastic. And um, I'll I'll put the on-air invite out there. How about would you like to come back next week so we can review the first test? <laughs> Let's see how it goes. No, it should be all right. Yeah, obviously my family is back from overseas, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it depends. Like, oh, we'll, we'll see how that kids <laughs> give you a break. Give you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're home alone at the moment? No, no, no. They're here. So they 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 were overseas when we had the last few episodes, but like this time they're here. So I'm keeping them ah, right. for an hour. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you got to juggle it. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> look, so look, um, yeah, th again, thanks for coming on the show. Really awesome to get your insights into um, the Pakistan, Pakistan team in particular. And um, it's been, it adds so much to the show. Rohit, thanks again. Um, and we'll see you again next week. And um, so to everybody out there, once again, thanks for tuning in and listening to Swinging from the Hip. Remember, all right here on New Zealand Sport Radio, you're getting so much more. You've got basically shows every week every morning we've got the sport morning sports briefing that's at seven o'clock to get all your sports news for the day and then basically from monday back around through the sunday monday we've got the driving mall show get your rugby information out there uh wednesday nights we've got the standoff all your league fans um and then obviously the the great show on new zealand sport radio swinging from the hip that's on thursdays at 8 p.m right here and Friday night reviewing of the Super Rugby coming up on the weekend and Sunday night. I'm usually there to so come and join me for a review of what's gone down in Super Rugby. But absolutely get into New Zealand Sport Radio, see the shows that we've got on. Make sure you download those podcasts. Even if you've watched the shows, download the podcast as well. We've got to get those podcast downloads up. And um, thank you for watching. And we'll see you again here on Swinging from the Hip at 8 p.m. right here on New Zealand Sport Radio next Thursday. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 